I am happy to announce that the winner is All About Eve. Parasite. Kramer versus Kramer. Chicago! West Side Show. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. One flew over the cuckoo's Shakespeare in Love. May I have the envelope, please? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Envelope, please. This is Sam introducing this episode for the first what? time. What do you think about that, Rance? What? <laughs> um, I took over. Oh. Um, I feel like I, I this all happened when I wasn't paying attention, and then suddenly he took over my show. <laughs> I don't know what to I do took about over. this. Well, this is a kind of a special episode. I wanted to introduce a fun one. We're going to take a pause from our breakdown of our yearly winners. We're going to rank the decade of the 1960s. We're going to take all 10 Best Picture winners of the 1960s and rank them in order of our personal preferences and see how they match up and stack up against each other. So let's get into it, Rams. Let's start with our number 10 movie what's yours um okay i debated about Mm. this um but my number 10 is oliver oliver exclamation points oliver exclamation point is my number 10 um i i think it's a competent production um i just um you know, y'all can go back and you can hear my thoughts and feelings on how they treat Nancy and stuff. I, um, just in the end, uh, don't care that much for it. Okay. That's what I think. Hey, Sorry. simple as that. Simple as that. My number 10 is also a movie musical. It is My Fair Lady. I really, <laughs> really don't like how this movie ends. It really still bothers me. I still think about it. I don't think she should have gone back to him. I think he's a despicable person. And the songs ain't that catchy. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll save my thoughts on My Fair Lady. Just you white in me again's just you white. Um, okay. For when, well, but I, I understand, you... I understand your thoughts. Go ahead. Perfect. Okay, let me give you my number nine, because my number nine is Oliver, for the same reasons why you gave it a very low ranking. It's my number nine, because... The same reason. It's okay. It's just okay. And that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I don't think it should have won. <laughs> Fair, I like yeah, other movies. really that, long. If The Lion and Winter had won Best Picture this year, it would be in my top five for sure. Yes. Like, yes. absolutely no question. So, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, Oliver. You, uh, you can consider yourself number nine or ten. There you go. <laughs> All right, what do you have at number nine? Um, I have Tom Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the deal. Tom Jones also has an exclamation point on the poster, by the way. Um, oh. I thought Tom Jones was interesting. I thought it said a lot about the 1960s. I... Um, I, I can't really fault anything specifically in the production. Um, again, this is kind of going back to taste. It's just something I, I don't really have the desire to ever watch again. And um, I think it's really weird. 
and it's just not my favorite. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I get why it won. I don't, I, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just not a, my, it's not a rants movie. So number nine. That John makes Jones. sense. Sorry. That makes sense. Tom Jones is my number eight. So I think we kind of put them very close together for the same reasons. It's a, it's a very goofy, goofy movie. Um, it's so but goofy. I, that is such a good so word goofy. for it. Yeah. You know, it's so goofy. It did catch me by surprise in a good way where I was, you know, kind of like, oh, okay, this isn't what I was expecting, but I, was, I wasn't mad about it. But it doesn't stack up against the other winners or even winners um, of that same year. It's not a Best Picture winner for me. I will not stand for you, sir, no, nor for any man. No, I think that's totally, totally fair. Um, I'm going to go ahead and talk about my number eight, which is My Fair Lady. Yes. Um, I have the same issue with the ending that you do, um, which, of course, I, has been something that's been hotly debated in culture for a long time and has been interpreted differently on the stage. Um, but uh, I, I do like the music. I like a lot of the songs in there. I think that despite the fact that she um, was very controversially uh, dubbed and the fact that it was controversial that Julie Andrews did not get to play the role... I do really enjoy Audrey Hepburn's performance in the movie. Um, and, uh, you know, nothing ever looks better ever than, you know, Audrey Hepburn in that Ascot race outfit. You know, it's one of the great style mm. moments of all time on film. And um, I, I do under, I do respect the competency of the production. So I rank it a little bit higher than the other movies I don't care for on the list. That's my number. That's I my agree. number eight. Okay. You, do gotcha. you? Because you made it number 10. I don't know if you do. <laughs> I understand your point. Audrey Hepburn is beautiful, but it's a bad movie. Okay, my number seven. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go with Lawrence of Arabia for my number seven. And um, honestly, okay. it's in the lower half of my 10 ranking because it's just so damn long and that's really my only qualm <laughs> with it i just i will never watch this movie again just because i just don't think i can sit through it again you know and that's that's kind of how i feel about it <laughs> um i mean it. yeah it is a very very long movie uh, my number i'll i'll, I'll tell you about lawrence of Arabia in a second my number seven is midnight cowboy um i i do like Midnight Cowboy, I think that it might have been in my top half, if not for my mixed feelings on how um, homosexuality is presented in the film. That's faggot stuff. You want to call it by its name? That's strictly for fags. Um. So, uh, but you know, that said, there is a lot. There is a lot of uh, interesting good in the movie. The the scene towards the end with the um you know the gay bashing literally mm -hmm. scene is is um something i'm still not completely reconciled with so um so i'm putting it a little bit lower because of that um I yeah see that. so that's my that's my number um that's my number seven terrific okay number six my number six is a man for all seasons uh it's kind of right in the middle of the pack for me i thought it was a really good movie um but mm -hmm. as far as, like, you know, period costume dramas go, 
I think it still left some to be desired. It kind of stands out to me more as like a singular performance piece um, for um, the leading actor. But on a whole, I don't think I will really return to it anytime soon. For me, number six is Lawrence of Arabia. Um, it is it is quite long. I um, I don't really have any... I, I mean, it's a stunning film. I don't really have any um, specific faults for it. Um, and I'm not going to fault it for its length, because I, I do think it does um, justify it in telling a very epic story. But... Um, <laughs> But, <laughs> but, um, and the, you know, the photography and the performance, uh, that anchors the piece is absolutely stunning. The music's incredible. It is, you know, one of the, one of the cinem- seminal movies of all time. It's just not, again, a movie that I'm going to return to over and over again. And I think the movies in the top half of the list are things I might be rewatching more. So. Yes. That's a good go. way to put it. Yeah. Yes, our top five now, or as you just said, movies we would watch again. Mm-hmm. Number five for me is West Side Story. I think it is one of the better movie musicals to come out of the 60s. I think Rita Moreno is flawless, but I still can't get over how bad Tony is in this movie. All the beautiful sounds of the world in a single And uh, I think the chemistry in between him and Natalie Wood is awful. It really detracts from me. Um, I'm just going to not hear anything you just said. <laughs> and uh, tune out the last 30 seconds. Tune out. <laughs> I'm going to go right to uh, my number five, which is A Man for All Seasons, um, mm-hmm. which is in my top five, uh, and I didn't expect it to be. It is... Um, uh, I always was kind of dreading watching this movie, but then I ended up really enjoy the whole um, palace intrigue kind of kind of thing going on. Um, I I am more interested in royal family history than I realized, you know, and um, and I I just enjoyed it so much more than I thought I was going to, and it is a very good little film. Um, I do wish that the other great movie that deals with um, the history of the royal family was a best picture winner. I'm talking about the line in winter, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. a man for all seasons is the only one that won. <laughs> this yeah, I think uh, that is the might only... be what it is. I think that's why yeah. my love for a man for all seasons is a little stifled because I think line in winter is the better King Henry film, <laughs> even though they're different King Henrys. I think it's still the better yeah. period costume drama of the sixties. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, the the eighth versus the second, and mm-hmm. uh, I like the one with Henry the second, not Henry the eighth. But um, I I do like the one with Henry the eighth. I just know the one with Henry and second comes a couple of years later and it's better. Um, but all that said, I I still like it enough to put it at number five. So fair plus, it's a great little part by Orson Welles. How fun! Very small but great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> number four. <laughs> Number four for me is Sound of Music. This is my favorite of the movie musicals in the 1960s. I think this is Julie Andrews at her absolute best. The songs are iconic. We still sing them all today. And I think the photography is 
gorgeous. It's everything I want from a movie musical. Perfect. Um, my number four is In the Heat of the Night. Mm. Um, I love In the Heat of the Night. Every movie that we're going to talk about from here on out would be on my like top you know, 50 movies of all time list, okay? Um, In the Heat of the Night is a great murder mystery that also has a really great social point to it, and it has wonderful performances from Rod Steiger, uh, Sidney Poitier, and um, Lee Grant, and I I think it's just a, a wonderful little movie. It is a wonderful little movie. So wonderful that I put it in my number three spot. For all the reasons you just said, I really like this movie a lot. I think it works so well as commentary on racial injustice. And I think it also works really well just as a standard thriller crime Mm -hmm. picture. I think the mystery at the heart of this movie is is quite captivating. And it's, yeah, it's a really great um, character period piece. I love it. It's wonderful. Um. Fantastic. My number three mm-hmm. um, is what I'm going to guess is your number one. It's The Apartment. Um, okay. Uh, the Apartment is an absolutely uh, perfect uh, a dramedy, is what I would like to call it. Um, it has, you know, just divine Jack Lemon and Shirley MacLaine. Did you hear what I said, Miss Kubelik? I absolutely adore you. Shut up and deal. Uh, Fred McMurray playing a totally asshole character. Um, and this just sterling script by Billy Wilder. Tight direction. Great black and white photography. Um, and it is one of the most um, adult movies, um, adult comedies that you see come out of this period. And um, it, it's pretty flawless. Yeah. The Apartment number two for me is Midnight Cowboy. Um, I love this movie. I love it mainly for the acting. I think the two leading performances by Dustin Hoffman and John Voigt are amazing, particularly that of Dustin Hoffman. And uh, I love the style of this movie as well. You know, I think it's a kind of a perfect way to end the 1960s with this super psychedelic look at a male hustler. I think it's fascinating. And I think that we still have yet to see a movie come out even in the last 50 years that deals with, that like talks about male hustlers in this way. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. this is a very, yeah, this is its own kind of picture and there's nothing quite like it that's come out before or after it. Yeah. And I mean, what a lot of people don't know is that if you were to see Sam in real life, he always dresses with a cowboy hat and boots um, <laughs> and usually has a little I... bit of a Texas draw and he emulates John Voight in this film. A lot of people don't know that. Myself now, I'm a kind of hustler. Um, but yes. it, it's true. However... <laughs> I'm a bit more. I'm a bit more expensive than John Void. Just know that. Um, yeah, which is why you never get any business because nobody thinks you're worth that. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, my heart. <laughs> we kid. We kid. We kid. Um, so my number two is uh, your favorite musical of the 1960s, The Sound of Music. Um, mm. 
I love The Sound of Music. I can watch it at any point in time and enjoy it. It always makes me feel a little bit better about life. Um, I think that it has such a great score. Uh, Julie Andrews is just insanely good in the movie, but I also love Christopher Plummer in it, and I like the kids, and I think that it is the most beautifully shot movie, um, maybe ever. I mean, this, the photography, the on-location work in, uh, in Salzburg is just stunning, absolutely stunning and there's some shots that you just stare at and marvel at because they're so beautiful um and you know there's always a huge special feeling that i get watching the sound of music that i i can't really match up to any other film so Mm. um yeah i put the sound of music way way up there wow that's great that's a really those are great thoughts i couldn't have said it better myself okay our number one movies to win Best Picture in the 1960s. Rance, you know me so well. Yes, my number one <laughs> is The Apartment. You know me. Billy Wilder, he is my man. I think this is his crowning achievement. Definitely um, Jack Lemmon's best performance. We get some great Shirley MacLaine. And at the heart of it, it's a love story, but it's the most mismatched, bizarre love story ever, and that's you know, thanks largely in part to the script, which I think is one of the truly great screenplays ever written. And therefore, it is not only my favorite Best Picture winner of the 1960s, but certainly in my top 10 movies of all time. And I think oh, I know goodness. what your number one movie is, too. But go ahead. I mean, like, Give process, of, eli- process of elimination <laughs> has made this pretty easy. Oh, um, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um isn't it interesting that you uh my uh, your number two was way down on my list and my number one's farther down on your list um yeah but uh my number one is of course west side story west side story is a very special film for me um it was the first classic that i saw on the big screen after i moved to los angeles um, I saw it at the 50th anniversary screening at the Turner Classic Movie Film Festival um, in 2011. Uh, they are about to celebrate the 60th anniversary of the film with a reunion of um, Rita Moreno, Russ Tamblin, and uh, George Chakiris. Um, I guess uh, I guess um, old uh, um, uh, Richard Beamer heard that you don't like his performance in the film and he just won't go to a reunion. I don't know what it is. Maria! But, um... <laughs> Maybe it's because he's too embarrassed to watch his performance. That could be. I, I, I have a crush on Richard Beamer in the film, so I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna disparage him. Um, and, uh, I think that, uh, the, the feeling that I get from the very opening moments of that movie when it's just that abstract um city new york city skyline that fades into these shots of new york that goes right into this absolutely stunning 10 minute prologue where uh, you get the entire thesis of the film through dance um there is not a song that i don't like there is not a shot that i don't think is just absolutely perfectly chosen um i love the color palette i love um 
I, I love just the energy of the entire experience. And more than any of that, I will never forget, um, you know, this young, poor, little 22-year-old kid um, who didn't really know a lot of people in Los Angeles goes to the screening of West Side Story by himself, and it's a packed house. And um, George Takiris and Marnie Nixon do the Q&A beforehand. And uh, then I just watched this movie with, you know, 700 people in the dark. And uh, uh, it was, I walked out of that theater and I thought like, oh, right, I'm in Hollywood. This is what happens here. And so I I can't look at the movie with any type of objective opinion just because I have um, those associations with it. And it is my number one of the 1960s. Aw, well, that's really special. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So there you have All it. Right. Those are our rankings of the 1960s, everybody. Um, go out, yep. watch them, rank them yourselves, and join us next week as we break into a new decade, the 1970s. Mm-hmm.